This episode of the Restoration Today podcast is brought to you by Alby. Alby is the all-in-one operating system designed specifically for restoration businesses like yours. It's the CRM that has everyone talking. With Alby, you'll have everything you need in one streamlined platform. From CRM to data analytics and automation, Alby provides tailored solutions that cater to your unique needs. So say goodbye to the hassle of managing multiple apps and hello to the convenience of having all your essential functions all in a single user-friendly platform. Check out albiware.com to book your demo today. Hey, Restorers, thanks for checking out this episode of the Restoration Today podcast. We are in cat season today. We are talking about cat response and kind of helping with the portable storage needs that you might have during while responding to a cat, whether it's far away or it's close to home, any sort of situation, even a large loss. I mean, that can feel like you're in a cat zone, depending on the large loss that you're working on. So we're going to talk about storage and some of the options there today. I'm joined by a longtime friend of the industry to me, Greg Coulomb. We've known each other for I don't know how long at this point probably since one of my very first shows in the industry and Chris Camasta they are both with unit storage so gentlemen thank you very much for being here um Chris I'm going to toss it over to you first to kind of introduce yourself and share a little bit about your background in the industry because I really want listeners to understand that both of you have really rich backgrounds in the industry as well and it's not just portable storage you both understand the industry from a number of angles so Chris go for it sure thank you so much Michelle thank you for having us and hello listeners uh, Chris Camasta, I'm the VP of Business Development for Units Moving and Portable Storage, which I've been with the company now for about three years. But to Michelle's point, uh, really where my background uh, is, is in the restoration industry. So I started off when I was about 17 years old, uh, working as a gopher for a local restoration company up in Northern Illinois, uh, worked as you know a mitigation tech, a water restoration tech, moved up to uh, a division manager. I had a stint with uh, Allstate Insurance, actually on their catastrophe team as a catastrophe adjuster. Did a lot of hail claims up in northern Minnesota in the middle of the winter, which is, you know, for those of you up in Minnesota, you know, that's a good time to climb around roofs. Uh, and then, you know, had my own restoration company in northern Illinois for a couple of years and uh, decided to then move into corporate America and uh, work for Service Master Restore actually started off at Service Master with Furniture Medic, over, which is another franchise division that they own, and kind of running their national account program designed to work with insurance carriers and designed to uh, work with restoration providers. So I was really able to take my all the things I had learned over the years doing water losses, fires, contents, mold, biohazard, and kind of apply that in that role. And then I was lucky enough to be promoted in, uh, to Service Master Restore as one of their uh, sales representatives. Uh, and so from there, I was then recruited by units and I've been here ever since. So excited to be talking to you today. Awesome. Okay, Greg, go for it. Hey, thanks, Michelle. Um, so as Michelle said, we've known each other probably, geez, since what, 2013, I think we first met. Um, so when I got off active duty, I got into kitchen and bathroom modeling. Uh, I did that for many years, and that's how I got into the restoration industry on on that side. Um, where I lived, uh, you couldn't, uh, the, the water mitigators couldn't do the build back, so the adjusters would mm -hmm. go with remodelers, so that's how I learned about Xactimate and everything. I did that for many years, and then I went to work for Armstrong World Industries, their corporate office, uh, managing national accounts, and then 
After that, I went to Lowe's corporate headquarters and I managed everything restoration and construction for them. And that's where Michelle and I met at all the trade shows. Um, after that, ServiceMaster recruited me and I was work, working with ServiceMaster corporate for about four years as a national account manager. That's where I met Chris. And then uh, I've been with units now for almost a full year. So excited to be here and definitely appreciate you having me on the show today, Michelle. Uh, it's great to see you. I remember when I first saw you at a units booth, I looked at you and I was like, wait, that's not what I expected. I, I didn't. Anyway, so, okay, for, for restorers who aren't familiar, um, Chris, explain what units is. Yeah, so units, uh, we're a nationwide franchise owned uh, portable storage provider. So, you know, we have 16 foot containers, all steel containers. And then we also have many of our franchises also have 12 foot containers. So most restorers are, and most people have seen a lot of our competitors on the street before. We're very similar, but also very different in many ways in comparison to our competitors with our delivery capabilities, our containers and the service that we're able to provide. Perfect. Okay. So let's step, step into cat loss a little bit here. So Greg, I'll toss this to you first. Um, how do you specifically partner with restoration contractors that are going into cat zones? Like we're recording this a week after um, Idalia, was that the hurricane name, was, yeah. was heading into Florida, which ended up being a dud, which is, you know, good for people who live there, maybe not so good for okay. our industry, which is t a terrible thing to say, but it's true. Um, so what what does the mobilization look like and how do you partner with contractors in a cat situation sure so there's multiple ways that we can help out the restoration industry during cat so it's kind of a, a three-pronged approach so first would be let's say a restoration company in minneapolis is reacting down to florida so they don't have the trucking capability because they have to keep their equipment back behind right so they can utilize one of our units pack everything in there, all their equipment, all their materials they need, have it shipped to one of our local franchise locations and have it either stored there or we can deliver it right to the job site or a community where they're doing commercial work. So that's one approach. The other approach could be they get into market and then they work with one of our local franchises to where we can provide units for them for packouts and so forth. So that's an option for them to be able to do contents. And then another option is for them to be able to have units be delivered. They load them up. We bring it back to our warehouse and we can do long-term storage for them while the house gets rebuilt, especially like after Harvey. I think, you know, in 2016, Harvey did so much damage that some people were displaced for months right so yeah. it's not a quick easy in and out you know it's you got to dry use the um, antimicrobials so you'd have to store the stuff in a climate controlled environment such as one of our warehouses so those are just a few of the ways that we can help you know restorers how big are your warehouses like i'm sure that they're all different but i'm curious how big are your warehouses that you can fit these massive yeah. Boxes sure. in there and it's climate controlled. Chris, go sure. for it. Yeah. So as part of our franchise agreement, in order for our, uh, any units to become a franchise, the minimum is right around 20,000 square feet. So that is the minimum. Now we also have some facilities that have up to 50,000 square feet, just depends on the marketplace. Uh, but you're right. You know, for these containers being 16 foot by eight foot by eight foot high, you need a decent amount of space, right? A warehouse facility space 
to fit all of those and then to be able to ship them around. It's just like, you know, it's funny because when doing restoration, I remember, you know, even at my location or all the locations I used to work with, you know, that the, the wooden storage crates, right? Those take up a decent amount of space and you can stack them two to three high, depending on, well, it's the same thing for our units containers. They're just bigger, they're steel, right? And you have to have the space in each one of our locations. That's the beauty of units in comparison to a lot of our competitors. Um, and we have locations up and down the eastern seaboard and then also on the west coast as well where you know east east coast is generally where the hurricanes are hitting when we're talking about hurricane cats yeah um, and each one of our locations has the has to have a facility in order to store so that is a, a big competitive advantage that we have available uh, to the restoration industry so do you have a national cat team as well as the individual franchisees or like how does that work together and do some of the franchisees help others if a certain area is getting hit by a cat? Like how does, how does the yeah. logistics work for the entire company? Yeah. So that's a great question. So we have actually, uh, it's basically Greg and I, and we also have David Glenn on the national team. And so part of our process, when we know a storm is coming in, we have a, a national account program where we partner with a lot of nationwide restoration companies. So we are making it a point to reach out to our corporate contacts uh, if we have a contact list for that client, we're also reaching out to their franchises, letting them know that we're available and ready to assist. Uh, we do have where our franchises will work together at the local level. In fact, last year uh, down in the Tampa, uh, Sarasota area, we had uh, franchises shipping in containers from out of state uh, to our local franchise owner to help them. And then what we've also done from a corporate perspective as of recently, you know, it's, it's challenging. And this is just isn't for units. It's for the portable storage industry. You know, once you build these containers, you generally don't want to unbuild them and lay them flat again, right? Because of seals sure. and everything. You can, but you can have problems as a result of that. So when you start talking about shipping in containers from other areas, if they're unbuilt, fine. We can load, you know, up to... 15 on a flatbed trailer, get them into the marketplace, no problem. If they're built, it's only three. And as I'm sure you can imagine, it gets very caught, it, it becomes very costly to a potential client for us to ship in a bunch of containers. But one of the things that we've done now also as, uh, as a corporation is we actually have a, a stock available to our franchises as well, like an emergency stock specifically designed for cat response that we can ship into an area relatively easily um, and, and get them into the marketplace. But our franchises work very closely together. We have you know, several franchises in Florida. You know, Florida always seems to be, unfortunately, that, that state that gets hit pretty hard. Um, and so yeah. th they can work together to, to provide the services needed for the restoration industry when that happens as well. Okay, Greg, you, you touched on exactly made a little bit ago. How does billing work for portable storage? Can you bill for it? Is there a max number of days you can bill for? Do adjusters give pushback? All those nice juicy questions about getting paid for the storage you, that you have and we're providing. So yes, great question. I will defer to the Xactimate expert for the team when it comes to that. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, you know, Xactimate, okay. You know, I've been working with Xactimate for years now, and it's interesting, right? So Xactimate does have line items in for portable storage. Uh, there's about 13 mm -hmm. altogether. Now, the key to, to remember for any restoration provider is selecting the right Xactimate code, right? That's for anything at Xactimate, right? Yep. To make sure that, yep. that it's being effective. And the easiest yep. way is just to, in the item description, 
if you pop up the Xactimate codes, you will see like a Connex style, like a shipping container. And then you will also see one that looks more like a portable storage container, like a units container. Okay. It's the ones that look like our containers. Those are the line item codes for our industry, not just units. It's our industry. And if you actually look in the right. item description, it'll say, uh, it'll have a bunch of information of what's all included. And it'll say things like um, units, the, um, units, pack rat pods, and I think you pack all are, are listed in the actual Xactimate code. So that's the, the, the way to understand that they picked the right code. That's the first step. Um, and how it works is the container itself is built on a monthly basis. Okay. Um, okay. Now, as we all know in Xactimate, you know, when you're talking to the insurance industry, it's not uncommon to hear adjusters uh, say you cannot adjust the pricing at all in Xactimate. Yep. Well, the key is, when it comes to portable storage, if you look at that Xactimate line item, it specifically says that prices are going to vary and may need to be adjusted. Okay. And that's, that's a critical piece for the, for the provider restoration providers to understand because how the line items work in Xactimate, we are one of four companies, the four companies I just named that actually data feeds directly into Xactimate. And Xactimate basic, basically creates a clustered average is what they call mm -hmm. it, of all of those different providers, just how they do a lot of other line items, I'm sure, right? Xactimate's a great system, but it's not gonna say this is exactly what units costs or pods or pack rat it's going to be an average of all of them and so that's important for the restoration provider to know we are highly competitive uh with with our pricing and exactimate and very often um units especially when we're talking about national account partners because we have specific pricing for those partners we're actually going to be less than exactimate for the container portion but that's only one component of the exactimate piece of the pie there's also deliveries, right? Because we have delivery charges. And yeah. if you'll notice in Xactimate, it says there's, again, I think three different delivery charges. The easiest way is just look at the picture. That'll tell you uh, which one's the correct one. But it also has in there, it says one way. So for a restoration provider, your quantity that you add into your line item should at a minimum be two, meaning we're going to deliver the container empty and then we're going to take it back empty, right? Or we're going to bring it back to our facility. Basically, however many times we're going to move that container for that, that job, they're going to have to add a, add a quantity to it. Um, and that's how it works in Xactimate. So all of it's billable through Xactimate. Um, and there is flexibility built within the system for the individual portable storage provider that they're working with. And it says it, you know, when, when an adjuster says, oh, you can't adjust the pricing in Xactimate, that's not true, right? We all know that sometimes they, they treat they treat Xactimate like the gospel and what the gospel says, that's it, right? Well, the gospel says you might have to adjust pricing based on the provider. And so that's that allows the flexibility as well, because look, our franchises will go the distance for our restoration partners. Sometimes we go 50, 60, 70 miles, right? The delivery prices in Xactimate aren't going to account for now, the other thing that it doesn't account for is Xactimate, unfortunately, only has where the container is on site, right? But as you know, we can actually store them at our warehouse facilities too, right? It doesn't cost much more, maybe an extra 10, 20, $30 a month. It's, it's, it's marginal, right? Um, but that's not an Xactimate, so that's where you may have to adjust the pricing. And the beauty, again, of using us against like a portable or, or a 
a uh, uh, self-storage facility, right? Think about all the extra labor that goes into taking items to a self-storage facility, <laughs> loading your truck, unloading your truck, bringing it to the yeah. facility, um, possibly loading it again if the contents need to be cleaned, right? Reloading. I mean, all every time you like, I remember this, right? I was told this in my restoration days. The more that you touch a person's items, the higher the likelihood something's going to get broken. So what yeah. if you could pack up a container? We can we can take it for you. Heck, we can even deliver it right to your facility if you need to clean it. Uh, you can use it as a deodorization chamber too, right? So there's all these efficiencies that we can create. And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute here. Yeah. But there are ways to, to leverage these containers and utilize Xactimate and be able to bill all through there to the insurance carrier. I know that was a very long-winded answer, but you know, th there's there's definitely some components to Xactimate when it comes to portable storage that I definitely want to convey uh, uh, to your audience, because people a lot of times will go into Xactimate and be like, "Well, your container is so much more," and it's like, "Well, you're looking at the wrong line item code," and that's the key. Well, that was all important information, and I feel like restorers, no matter what they're using, this is almost the number one question they have as well. How do I get paid for it, yeah, and yeah. how much pushback am I going to get, and all of that? So you actually you read a really good, complete answer. So I appreciate that, and restorers will appreciate that. <laughs> um, so walking right into the next question that you kind of teed up, then how can using portable storage units help? with some of the logistical challenges during a cat. You mentioned at the beginning that some restorers will maybe pack up some of their equipment and ship it to a local provider and have it stored there, which is a brilliant idea. But what are some other ways that you can help with the logistical challenges of that? Yeah, great question, Greg, if you don't mind. I, I love this question. I love talking yeah, about yeah. this, right? Because <laughs> really what it is, is, is not, not to use a pun here, but it's about thinking outside the box, right? Let's think outside yep. the container. And, and frankly, Let's not, let's not look at the portable storage as a container. Let's look at it as a solution and an efficiency creator. That's what I love about it. And we talk about cat situations, and, and Greg hit it right on the head. We can load up uh, people's equipment. We can bring it right, you know, if you're up in Minnesota, you're deploying down, down to Florida. We can load a ton of equipment into a 16-foot container. Our containers can hold up to 8,000 pounds. A lot of stuff can go in there, right? And we can get it down to Florida for you, and then we can deliver it right to wherever you need it. So that is certainly one way that we can assist. And that's a way to create an efficiency, right? You're saving on the gas, even if you do have a semi-truck trailer, right? Those diesel is shooting up out the roof right now, right? Um, and so we can help in that instance. But, you know, there's the obvious hurricanes, right? Those are the big cats we all talk about. But, you know, what we, what we forget about sometimes in the restoration industry, and, and I might be wrong here, the definition might have changed over the years, but a cat can be any, any type of yeah. event that causes more yes. than $25 million. I think that used to be the number, $25 million worth of damage. So I, I like to t use this example, Michelle. When I was a provider uh, in, in Northern Illinois, there was always an area, every time we got like some big rains, it would flood. It would flood, we'd have 150 jobs, we couldn't get to all of them. And the challenge was, was getting in and out of those areas, right? That was a big challenge. We'd spend three hours, you know, if, you go out, you do two jobs, you have to drive back to the facility, and then you have to drive back to the cat area, right? And there's three hours potentially lost right there in downtime or behind the wheel time. So what I like to explain to restoration providers is, what if you could eliminate that downtime? 
What if you could have a container loaded with equipment, even at a local cat event, you could have a container loaded at our facility, ready to go at a moment's notice, and you could call a unit's franchise and say, hey, we have this cat, we've already talked to a homeowner, they're gonna let us put that container out there for two weeks, because you know, those types of cats, those localized cats, usually about two, three weeks maybe they last, right? We're gonna have you park that container there, and now what you have is a mobile distribution center. Right. You have all your equipment there. You have materials there where you can instead of driving back and forth all day long to your facility, because you can do about two jobs with debris and you're going to have to reload equipment. Instead of going all the way back to your facility, you could go and stop at your, you know, this this local distribution center. You can unload your garbage. Most of it's bagged. You put it inside the container for the day. You pull out the extra equipment and supplies that you need. And you go and do an extra job. And at the end of the day, when you're starting to head back for the end of the day, you pick up all the garbage again, you dump it off back at your warehouse, right? But let's just think about that. And now in, in the Chicagoland area where I used to work, it would last about seven days, right? These rainstorms and then, yep. and then, and then the, the aftermath of it, right? Um, of actually going out and doing the work, doing the tear out, doing the drying, right? So if I could do one extra job a day, one extra job a day at an average of $3,000 per water loss, right? And that's just one crew, one extra job, $3,000 for seven days. What does that come out to? What, $21,000, $24,000 roughly? Somewhere in between there, you know, depending on the average you're using. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of money. And guess what? Our container costs maybe with delivery fees, everything else, less than $500 for the month. So five hundred dollars, twenty plus thousand dollars. One crew though, multiply that by four, five, six crews. You're talking about six figure returns just by creating an efficiency. Now beyond that, you know that's that's a distribution center. It can be used as. Now let's talk about it can be used as a portable drying chamber, right? It can mm -hmm. be used as a portable cleaning station if necessary. Uh, if you have big wildfires and it's light soot where you don't necessarily need to bring it back to your facility, right? You can actually set up tables, create a cleaning station. Um, you can you can use it as a portable deodorization chamber with hydroxyl or um, or uh, ozone, right? So it's not just a container; it's an efficiency creator, and it's just again not to use this, but it's thinking outside the box, right? And those are just some yeah. of the ways we can help in cat-like situations, whether it be massive hurricanes, local rain events, wildfires. It's all about just thinking, okay, how can I have my crews go do more work or reduce the amount of time that I'm spending downtime, essentially, where, where I'm not generating revenue as a restoration provider. And this is a way to do that. Yes. Okay. I love it. Okay. Um, and I've seen pictures of people that have transformed them into drying chambers or deodorization or whatever. So that is a great outside the box use. So, okay, kind of taking off the storage hat here and going a little bit more broad in cat response. What are some of the um, mistakes you, you two like have seen restorers make when it comes to cat response? Because you've been in other positions as well, not just with units. So as you've been part of these cat situations over the years what are some of the weak points you've seen from restores where they get there and they're maybe not as prepared as they think or whatever that may be what are some of the challenges that you see restores face that they're not expecting yeah Fred, i definitely can speak to that one michelle so at when i was at lowe's managing all of the c-suite national account relationships 
Um, one of the challenges for everyone in the restoration industry, whether it was after Harvey or Irma or whatnot, it's getting into market and then getting those materials. So when I worked in the command center, whenever there was a CAD event for Lowe's, it was this mad rush to get tractor trailer loads of, of plywood, right? So it's, you know, the prep, then it was the cleanup, then it was the build back, more or less. But getting those materials into those markets is extremely difficult when you have road closures, power outages, cell phones are down. So it's that preparation, you know, in the beginning that's that's crucial. So again, we'll use the Minneapolis example. Not that someone wants to buy, you know, all their plywood in Minneapolis, but if you're having it shipped to Florida, that truck might be able to make it into Florida, but it might not be able to make it out. Yeah. So getting the materials into market is key. And if you're going to be going to any type of CAD event and you're expecting to walk into a Lowe's or a Home Depot and you don't have the tools that you were supposed to bring with you or the materials, you could really lose a lot of business. So prepping yourself prior, Eunice really fits that mold for you perfectly. So that's, that's, that's just true. another example of, of what I saw before is people would get into market it's a cat event. Everybody wants to go get the business and then it's, oh, we can't get the sheetrock or we can't get the insulation. And it's going to be, look, we all saw what happened after Dallas, right? Three years ago, nobody could get plumbing supplies, right? Yeah. You, you couldn't get your hands on them. So those are just some of the challenges that restorers probably, I wouldn't say none of them think about. I'm sure many of the larger ones do, but maybe some of the smaller ones, if they want to chase that work, like, all right, maybe we need to prep ourselves, load up prior to going down and not be reliant on the the store's inventory that's being exhausted by local homeowners, let alone contractors, right? That makes me feel like those contractors are going to be bunking up inside their units, storage unit, because <laughs> right? if they don't have materials, they probably don't have an hotel, a hotel and they're going to be driving hours outside yeah. to find somewhere to stay and food. Yeah. You know, okay, Chris, go ahead. Do you have anything to add to that? No, I think Greg hit it right on the head. You know, I, the only other thing I would add to it is, you know, like just what happened, right? This past hurricane kind of ended up being a big dud. And that does happen from time to time. Yeah. So to, yeah. to send your semi-truck trailers down there, to send all your labor force down there, you know, I've, I've often heard $50,000 is a minimum to mobilize, right? That's that's like a number that I've heard a lot of uh when we worked at Service Master, I used to hear it from a lot of their great franchises all the time. Well, if you can help minimize some of those costs or get what you need down there uh, by reducing those costs, and hey, if it doesn't turn into anything, we could ship it right back to you, or we can hold on to it for you at, at one of our locations in the CAT area because inevitably something's going to happen. Sure. And if your stuff's already down there, hey, you know, keep it down there and just wait yeah. because it's going to happen. It's just beginning. I was thinking this last hurricane, I'm like, this is pretty early for a big hurricane to be hitting. It's pretty early in the season. There's yeah. still a lot of time to go. Um, okay, before we wrap it up, I love asking restorers to share some of their favorite industry stories, favorite job stories. So it can be when you were with units or service master or whatever it may be, but I'd love for both of you in keeping with the cat conversation to share a story, like a memorable cat loss experience on a job site or whatever that may be. So I don't, whoever wants to go first. Yeah, so probably one of my most memorable moments was when I was actually doing the work, right? When I was out there pounding the ground um, and, 
you know, I, it was my first cat event, you know, I'm, I'm kind of fresh out of uh, college, you know, and work until about four o'clock in the morning in people's basements doing about six or seven jobs in a day and just being utterly exhausted and then doing it the next day and the next day and the next day. But you know, what I always look back on is, and very fondly is it's tough work. You know, the rest, I give a lot of credit to restoration owners because when, when cats hit, it's all hands on deck. You got administrators sometimes out there helping pull out wet carpet, right? Setting up drying equipment, monitoring equipment. Uh, but what I, what I really love is the fact that, that you get when you get to help a homeowner. And, and, you know, and really help them in a real tough situation. And so there's not just one specific job that I can say, but I did many cat events in my time and, you know, and to be able to stabilize someone's home, to make sure that it's not going to get any worse. Um, although it's a major inconvenience for them to be that, that team and part of a team that really gets to help people. Uh, that's why I love the restoration industry. And that's what kept me going back to it and has kept me around it for many years. You know, yeah, I'm at units now today, but we're still very, I mean, our biggest B2B client by far is the restoration industry, which is great for Greg and I and, and our restoration and our franchises, because we get to be, we're not the ones going out and doing the work necessarily, but we get to be part of helping them during that very tough situation. And, and it makes me feel good. And, and it's a big reason why I'm here at units um, and, and what we love to do. Perfect. Greg, you have a favorite story to share? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult one. Um, so I've been in most cat events since uh, 2004. So almost 20 years, almost every major hurricane I've been a part of for cat response. And I think the one that stands out the most will always be Hurricane Sandy. Um, so Lowe's deployed me to New Jersey and you know, to this day, like, you know, we all know the devastation of Harvey and all the other ones, but I really wasn't expecting to see the catastrophic damage that Sandy had done because, you know, it was just being reported as a cat one and being a yeah. remodeler, you know, and having been from New England, I never, you know, made that correlation of oh, these houses aren't built to, to sustain, you know, this type of wind damage and this type of water damage. So I remember I landed and we started driving around and, you know, getting ready to link up with some of our national account clients. And I remember thinking to myself, this looks like a cat four that came through. I mean, houses wow. were completely washed away, you know, that were along the, the ocean side and people had abandoned their houses because water was up 12, 15 feet. So I think that one will always stick with me. They're all awful, right? You know, Katrina, yes. all of them are horrific, but Sandy will always be the one that I really wasn't anticipating that, that much damage. And it was just a shocker for me. And, you know, my heart goes out to the people that were in New Jersey and New York and everybody that had to go through that because that was awful. So, That's the thing about cats, right? You just don't know what it's going know. to be like until it's actually going. I mean, the hurricane yep. can be barreling down on Florida and they're saying it's a cat three, four, whatever. And then it gets yeah. on land and it's like, oh, but then a one can take yeah. things out. So you just never know. Same with wildfires. Oh, they have it under yeah. control. Nope. They don't have yeah. it under control. Yeah. Things can explode so quickly. So, um, okay, gentlemen, well, anything else that either of you want to share before we wrap it up? 
No, just, uh, you know, we're always available to our restoration partners. Um, we're easy to get a hold of. Uh, unitsstorage.com, we're always available and ready to assist. You know, we are locally owned and operated. We can, that's one of the things that makes us, uh, uh, gives us a major competitive advantage is that we are locally owned and operated. There's an opportunity for franchise providers to create those relationships at the local level with our owners, and we can respond very quickly to help their needs. So by all means, we're available and we're willing and wanting to help the restoration, however you guys see fit. Guys awesome. and gals, excuse me. Guys and gals. <laughs> Greg, anything else? Yes, ma'am. Uh, I'll just echo what Chris said, and you know, we're here to help. You know, we both Chris and I came from this industry, whether it's construction and restoration or both, and um, we we want to be able to help all of our our national account partners. So, don't ever hesitate to reach out to us. We're here for you. Awesome. Well, Greg and Chris, thank you very much for being here. Thank you for all the work that you both do in the industry. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks, Michelle. For more restoration today and the latest news, visit our website, cnrmagazine.com, and find the latest episodes of the Restoration Today podcast on your favorite podcasting platform.